When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Live from the NovaCare Complex as training camp officially is now in the books. And before we get to what's going to be an exciting edition of the podcast, just want to remind everybody that if you're listening to us in a browser, if you're scrolling around and you just stumbled on this podcast on YouTube, do us a favor. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. We're on Spreaker. We're on iHeartRadio. We're on Google Play. We're on Stitcher. Anywhere and everywhere where you can find a podcast, there's a good chance the No Huddle Show is there. And Elliot, as always, hopefully we can get a couple more five-star reviews out of this podcast. Man, what do you think? Hopefully I can get that radio voice one day. Look at that. It's like, it's like <laughs> back, back on the radio. I thought I was good at those intros. Well, yeah, no, you got to give us those five-star reviews. If you're listening on YouTube, toss us those thumbs up, especially for today. Because, you know, I know we just gave you one yesterday. We said we weren't going to have one until next Monday. but Surprise, surprise. we're here. Surprise, yeah, surprise, we're here. So, Matt, go ahead, take it. I mean, you're the one that got this. So. Yeah, we're going to check in with Lane Johnson in a little bit, hey, you know, talking about his thoughts on the upcoming season, what he's thought about Carson Wentz's improvement, and really just about this offensive line, which I feel like, Elliot, that's an area of this team that we really haven't spent much time talking about on the podcast. But, it could really well wind up being, outside of maybe the quarterback situation, depending on Wentz, it could wind up being the strength of this team. Yeah, and, you know, Lane, you know, we, we've recorded probably 10 or 15 podcasts since the season started. I don't think we've talked much about Lane, which is ironic because he is, I mean, Wentz is probably the most important player, but if you're just talking about the combination of importance and skill, he's probably the best player slash most important player on this team. We all saw last year, I mean, it's hard to really quantify how much an offensive lineman helps your team I mean you know there's not a ton of like offensive line stats but with Lane there's the stat of five and one with them on the field last year yep. and then two and nine with them or yeah something like that they, you know they're not I can't do the math off the top of my head five and one with them though so that's how you know he's an important guy and also a guy that I mean we were saying on the sideline yesterday he's only been in the league four years right yeah and it, it's crazy when you think about his ascent in terms of becoming a leader on this team mm-hmm. and outside of Jason Peters outside of Carson Wentz you look at that offensive side of the ball and it comes down to him and Jason Kelsey really is the two leaders on the team and, and not that I didn't already know the value that Lane Johnson has and as you said I think you put it best, maybe the most important player Mm -hmm. on this team outside of the quarterback. But just during practice today, there was a play where they ran, I believe it was Darren Sproles off tackle. And number one, you were struck by the explosiveness of Sproles still turning the corner. But number two, just how quickly Lane gets out there as a lead blocker on the edge. And there were a handful of plays last year where that was the case. The screen pass to to Sproles against the Steelers for that big touchdown pass comes to mind when you think about that. But just Lane's versatility playing left, playing right at a very high level. And Derek Barnett told me earlier in the in camp that going up against Lane and going up against Jason Peters every day has done wonders for him in terms of just his development and picking up on maybe refining his pass rushing technique in practice. Yeah, and the last point I want to make before we get into this is, you know, when you talk about uh, all the – we've talked to death about, you know, the offseason additions. We've debated the loss of Jordan Matthews, the addition of Ronald Darby, how good Alshon's going to be. 
the biggest addition this team might be getting this year is Lane. I mean, I know he only, you know he only played in five or six games last year, so he did play. But if you have Lane for sixty, if you told me before I made a prediction for the season that you're going to have Lane Johnson for sixteen games, I'm that is going to make me increase my win value more than it's going more than Alshon, more than Ronald Darby because he really is the most important piece on that offensive line. If you lose him, you know then you got to put Vitae in there. He's injured right now. Maybe if you lose Jason Peters, you move Lane to the left. So, yeah, and Elliot, I agree, and that's a luxury that the Eagles have that not many teams across the NFL have which is not only two guys that can play left tackle, but two guys in Jason Peters, who is likely to go on to be a Hall of Famer, and Lane Johnson, who has played at an all-pro level the last couple of years, two guys that can play left tackle at a very high level. Derek Barnett's talked about how much that's helped him. You know the impact that has on the offense based on the Eagles' success with Lane and their failure with Adam last year. And, you know, unfortunately, we couldn't get Lane in studio for all three of us, and we had a little bit of technical difficulties recording it. But Lane was great as he always is. Here's my sit down with Lane Johnson from Tuesday. All right, we're here with Eagles right tackle Lane Johnson on the final day of Eagles training camp. Lane, thanks for taking the time today. Yeah, no problem. So how's this summer been for you? Obviously a lot different than last year. You don't have the dark cloud of an impending mm-hmm. suspension hovering over you, some higher expectations mm-hmm. with Alshon Jeffrey coming in. What's this summer in this training camp been like for you personally? Uh, it's been good. Uh, trained alone at home, uh, you know, trained by myself. So just did a lot of stuff alone and hung out with the family and uh, just, just stayed in Oklahoma really when I got back up here. Just just been grinding, uh, staying to myself and trying to work on my craft. And, and obviously you look at this offensive line, it's another year with Jason Peters here. It's another year basically across the board. You guys return the same five starters. Mm-hmm. Isaac Sayamalu steps up. What's it been like for you with this offensive line going into its second year together? That's been good. The main thing with offensive line play is just being, having consistency, having all the guys there, and just getting the repetitions, uh, repetitions and muscle memory. And the more repetitions you usually get, the, the better you're going to play together. And obviously, you look at Jason Peters mm-hmm. re-sign this offseason, and that kind mm-hmm. of puts on hold you making that switch from right tackle to left. Do you, do you enjoy the fact that you get to kind of cement yourself as one of the better right tackles, or are you itching to, to yeah, make that I mean, move? I mean, I know my permanent home's at left, but, you know, while I'm at right, I'm going to try to be the best best there while I can. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I'm lucky I got a Hall of Famer over there to, to learn from, and, uh, I mean, he's, he's been a great teammate, so um, however many more years it is, is you know, I'll be fine right. What's that like for you, having a guy like Jason Peters in the, the offensive line room with you to kind of pick his brain? Yeah, it's just, I mean, you go back and watch some of the film, you just see how, you know, stuff is supposed to be done and, you know, how the technique's supposed to be used. So you have kind of the, the mirror image of what you're trying to, to be like, and it's the, the example's right there for you every day. And you look at this offense in general, Carson's second year. Yeah. I talked to John Filippo a couple weeks ago, and he said that one of the things that he's noticed is – his throwing motion, the ball's up a lot higher, which mm-hmm. means he's been more accurate. But it seems like there's been some days where he's just been completely dialed in. You're yeah. in the offensive meetings with him every day. You're on the field with him every day in practice. What's that kind of been like for you? What's been the biggest difference from Carson this time this year to where he was as a rookie? I think he just had a lot more time to reflect and learn just to watch some of the game tape and you know some of the mistakes he may have made. He's had time in the offseason to – to fix it and prepare as a starter instead of going in, you know, seven, eight days, you know, from, from week one becoming a starter. So he just had a whole lot more time to learn and, and improve and, and show him. Everybody that I talk to, whether it's assistant coaches or other players, they talk about him really embracing that role as a leader and the franchise quarterback. Mm-hmm. Have you seen anything in terms of his command of the room 
and command of the teammates, you know, walking into this year? Yeah, it's just more of a presence with him. Um, not that he's arrogant or cocky, but you, you do feel that confidence with him. And, I mean, he, he knows he's a franchise guy, so, I mean, he walks around like it, and, and people, you know, people like that. And they, they want a leader and a quarterback, and that's what he is. What's the feeling around the offense right now? I mean, obviously, Alshon, Torrey Smith, you bring yeah. in LeGarrette Blunt. It's almost like the front office was sending a message, hey, we have a young franchise quarterback, we have a solid offensive line, but hey, let's go get some veterans. It seems like they kind of put the pedal on the gas, uh, the foot on the gas pedal a little bit this offseason. Yes, I mean, uh, I think we got all the players in the building to, to, to be successful. Uh, main thing with preseason is, is just fine tuning, uh, you know, getting getting some plays on your belt, getting getting used to it. So uh, come week one, you hit the ground running. And last week, preseason opener against the Packers. What was that like for you to finally? get out of a training camp set and get on the field and just hit somebody else in a different uniform. Yeah, for yeah that's good. Just to see, uh, you know, live action with somebody else. You get to see different blitzes you haven't seen. Uh, not like you really prepare like it's a game week, but, but it, you know, you do go into another stadium, so it feels just like a game. It seemed like they brought the heat. It seemed like Dom Capers yeah. dialed up a little bit more of, you know, a blitz-heavy package than most people do yeah. during a preseason game. Did that surprise, take you guys by surprise at all? I mean, we, we knew they were going to blitz. We didn't know this was going to be, you know, 99% of the time. Because usually, you know, uh, uh, preseason package is really pretty plain and, and blunt. So, uh, yeah, it kind of kind of surprised us a little bit. Speaking of blunt, you bring in LeGarrette Blunt in the offseason. And last year it seemed like the one thing that might have been missing was that short yardage back. Somebody yeah. on third and one that could move the chain, somebody yeah. down around the goal line. What have you seen, What's your first impression so far of LeGarrette? Oh, I actually trained with him coming out uh, you know, of college uh, there uh, for combine training. So I saw him. You know, he just, he's just a big guy when you're around him. You know, he's 240. A 250 range, so just a big guy who can get that extra yards when you need it. Um, but you know, we have a change of pace back in Sproles and Smallwood. Smallwood really, you know, has, has impressed me in camp too. So, um, and, and Pumphrey is, is coming along too. So, um, you know, we got a stable back there. So, let's take a step back real quick to the beginning of training camp right. and the first day of practice. You come in with the outrageous blonde wig, then the next day it's right. the you know, red, white, and blue bandana, and everybody every day it's Lane Johnson watch. What is Lane Johnson wearing on his head today? Seems like your teammates kind of got a kick out of that. Yeah, well, just going into practice, you know, uh, I feel like a lot of guys get, get kind of jitters, kind of get anxious, and so I kind of wanted to lighten up the mood a little bit, you know, something funny. Uh, not to draw too much attention to myself, just kind of lighten the mood. That's why I did it for a few days and not really carried it on, but, you know, just something to, to get a few laughs every now and then. And then after the first practice over at the link, you said if you guys win the Super Bowl this year, it's free beer for everybody. Yeah. Have you figured out how much that might cost to be free beer for the I don't entire know. city? There's going to have to be Twitter polls and all sorts of stuff, <laughs> see what people like and what they don't like, so... You know, that's that's far fetched, but uh, you know, we just, we gotta work uh, focus on week one and, and just winning the division, getting the playoffs for for any of that talk can be done. I saw Bud Light reach out to you on Twitter like two days later and said, Hey, you guys get the job done, yeah. we'll foot the bill. That's pretty cool. Yeah, we'll see how many people like Bud Light if, if that's the case, but uh, yeah, it's pr pretty interesting. That was funny. Now, speaking of the upcoming season, you got the Dallas Cowboys won the division a year ago, Zeke Elliott gets suspended, yeah. Giants look like they loaded up, yeah. Redskins week one. You know, no truer test in the division than yep. to get that out of the way at FedEx Field week one. In terms of division plays, there's somebody at defensive end within the NFC East that you really circle on the calendar every year that you want to line up against? Uh, not really circle. But I like going against Ryan Kerrigan. I feel like it's, you know, just a, a good battle, kind of like, you know, the Ryan Strahan, just, you know, just a, a good guy. A good guy who, who tries hard every play. He's pretty talented and just a high-effort guy, and I, I look forward to playing every year. Now, looking at, at this year, I mean, you obviously said free beer on you if they if you guys win it all. What, what's the vibe in the room? What, have the expectations really kicked up a notch 
going into the year from maybe the last couple uh, seasons? You know, I think outside looking in, the expectations have kicked up. But, you know, inside we just try to we try to keep it plain, Jane. You know, just focus on our assignment. Because the more you focus on stuff you can't control, the, you know, the, the greater it gets you away from what you're trying to accomplish. So that's been our, our key focus. For you personally, what are some goals going into the year? Uh, just, just to be on the field in every game. You know, I don't want to be injured. No, no suspensions looming over my head. I just want to be able to be, uh, you know, be Lane Johnson to to his fullest potential. And I think when I can do that, I can be the lead tackle year in, year out. So uh, that, that's key for me, just, just getting a full season. You know, the Pro Bowl happens. Um, it happens. But, you know, I see that more as a popularity contest nowadays than what it used to be. But it, it would still be a, a, a high honor. It seems like you've raised your profile over the last couple of years, you know, with, with, with players across the league because of your high play. I think it, Pro Bowl seems like it might be within reach for you this year. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, uh, but I think it all starts with winning games um, and, and maybe, you know, winning the division, going to playoffs. Uh, it definitely increases your chances. Definitely. Elaine, appreciate the time. Yeah. Look forward to, you know, catching up again further up the road. Yeah, that was Lane Johnson, and two things that really jumped out at me there, Elliot, is, you know, he aims to make his first Pro Bowl this year, and he looks at Ryan Kerrigan as kind of his Michael Strahan from those classic Eagles-Giants battles running against Strahan from back in the day. He's not going to have to wait long to get a chance at Kerrigan week one at FedEx Field. Yeah, and to me, first of all, it's crazy to me he's never made a Pro Bowl, if you think about it. Not that he's consistently played at a Pro Bowl level because I don't think he has. But when you just talk about Lane, as we said before the interview, he probably is his team's best and most important player. So the fact that their best and most important player, I mean, you can argue it's Fletcher Cox. I would argue it's Lane Johnson. Yep. But the fact that Lane hasn't, it's surprising to me. I mean, you would think he, he has played at a Pro Bowl level. But again, the issue is when in four years in the league, four or five years, you've been suspended twice for PEDs, and last year was 10 of them, that's obviously going to take an impact. Sure, and I think that when he's been on the field, he's played at that Pro Bowl level. It's just a matter of getting him on the field for 16 games. And I think that last year really taught him a lesson, and the fact that he didn't go and work out at Jay Glazer's workout camps right. this offseason. He didn't go and take supplements you know, throughout the course of the offseason. He went back home, trained in Oklahoma, trained at the Novacare Complex. I think it really taught him a lesson last year, and I think that the Eagles are going to benefit from that work and they're also going to benefit, as I touched on with him a little bit, Elliot, from the fact that outside of promoting Isaac Sayamalu to being a starter by trading away Alan Barber at the start of camp, you're basically returning five offensive line starters. There aren't that many teams in the league that can mm-hmm. say that going into this season. Yeah, and the thing about Lane twofold is, one, I'll say, even though I mean he did get suspended last year, um, and that's something I, I've held against Alshon as we talk about, and so I certainly think it's something you can hold against Lane. I'm just starting to deal with Alshon, so I can't speak to how he handled it last year in Chicago. Right. But I will say that Lane has always been, I mean, when players get suspended, they release statements, you know, and those things always don't come across as completely genuine just because a lot of times they're not even the ones that write it or how people help them write it. But the times where Lane has talked about it, either just at his locker and a media scrum, I do think he has come across as extremely genuine in his regret of what happened. Now, I'm not saying he's admitted to purposely taking it, but you can tell that he really does feel genuinely bad about the spot he put this team in last year. Now, that aside, the question I'll ask you is, is Lane a player that you think the Eagles can count as a foundation considering the fact that he is one failed test away from a two-year suspension. Yeah, I think they have to hedge their bets a little bit, and I think they've mm-hmm. done that by drafting Vitae last year. They didn't really address the offensive line at all in this year's draft or in the offseason, other than bringing in Chance Warmack for some interior line depth, which right. they trade away Alan Barber, and now you're left with Chance. But I think that in terms of the type of player that he is, 
I think you can absolutely count on Lane Johnson to be one of your foundational centerpieces, but I wouldn't be shocked to see the Eagles hedge their bets, maybe draft an offensive lineman or an offensive tackle sometime in the first three or four rounds of this upcoming draft in 2018. But I, I think that you put him as your left tackle of the future and you have Vitae as your right tackle of the future. That's a nice start for an offensive line to build for years to come. Yeah, I think Vitae is, I think you used the perfect word, nice. I think Vitae is a nice right tackle. I don't think he's a guy that I, if you tell me he's going to be my right tackle for the next eight years, I'm not feeling super confident right. about that. Um, the Eagles offensive line right now, I think because of Vitae, I think he would be fine for six or seven games if you know Lane were to go down or Peters were to go down. But this line right he now – He got better as the year went he along did. last he did. year. And I think they kind of threw him to the wolves without giving him much help say, on the outside. speaking of Kerrigan. I mean, right. Yeah. He, 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 you know, <laughs> That's a guy he, Lane he, struggles with. He, right. he ate his lunch the other year, last year, in Lane's first game that he was suspended. But, right. you know, you look at Vitae, his arc – Last season, he seemed to get better and better and better. Mm -hmm. And it's a shame that he got hurt against the Packers, and it's probably going to keep him out of the game Thursday night against the Bills. Right. But he's a guy that they're going to count on for depth at both tackle positions. Well, and that's the thing. You, you touched on it in one of your answers earlier. I mean, they do need to draft an offensive tackle for a couple reasons. One, because, like I said, although I like Vitae, I don't think you can look at him as your your heir apparent, either Peters or, or Lane. Um, Lane, I agree with you, he has the ability to play left. He hasn't done on a consistent level, and I think he he would also admit that. And he himself has said, you know, Jason Pierre is one of the best left tackles of all time. So yep. Lane, Lane knows once he gets on that left side, he's going to have, you know, a lot to prove, just like he did when he started at right tackle. But the other reason I think you need to draft someone soon is because the key in the NFL, I mean, this sounds almost redundant, but obviously is blocking the quarterback. So the offensive line is extremely important. The Eagles can kind of survive one injury to their tackles based off the fact that we both like Vitae a little bit. They can't survive two. I mean, if, if – Not many teams can. Not, but I, I, yeah, right. Not many teams can, but the difference is not many teams have one tackle that's 35 and entering you know, his 13th or 14th season, and the other tackle has been suspended twice for PD. So the Eagles are a little more susceptible to losing those tackles, which is why I think drafting a tackle early on next year is a good idea for two reasons one it gives you depth but two it does give you that guy for the future but you know outside of just the future again like I said before the interview started the fact that they're going to have Lane back this year I really does think I really do think it it you know changes the outlook of the season as opposed to all the other moves they made on the, on the offense no doubt and the fact that he is assuming he stays healthy going to be on the field for 16 games, it's a trickle-down effect because they're going to be able to run the ball more effectively on that side. You mm -hmm. clearly saw the difference. Just look at Carson Wentz's footwork. Pop on NFL Game Pass and look at some all-22 tape of Carson Wentz last year in the first three weeks yep. of the season and the last two weeks of the season and compare it to the happy feet he had in the pocket. It seemed like his internal clock was accelerating and ticking a lot faster when Lane Johnson wasn't on Agreed. the field. You put Lane there, you keep Jason Peters at the left side, Side, and it's going to really impact the development of Carson Wentz, which is not only the biggest storyline of this this entire season, Elliot, but it's something that has been one of the biggest storylines of this training. Well, camp. and that's the thing with with Wentz is with Lane on the field, at least before the suspension, he only had one interception in four games, and then, like you said, um, you know his internal clock speeds up. I thought the issue with Wentz last year with his turnovers wasn't so much accuracy. I thought it was decision making. There were a few that did sail on him, but in the majority of those fourteen, I think were just bad decisions, not seeing guys rushing it, that type of thing. Um, he had a 
two or three of them where he was he had to roll out because of pressure and then he threw it. So in an ideal world, I mean, you mentioned it. You have five guys back. I do think Sayamalu is a question more than you do. But at the end of the day, you still have four of your five guys back, and the fifth guy did play last year. So you so you have a ton of familiarity there. If the offensive line, um, you know, Pro Football Focus has said they're one of the best offensive lines. I'm not sure if I. I think they are one of like the top ten, and yep. I think they can play well enough to protect Wentz. But you're right. I mean, if Lane plays, the offensive line plays well, that's really when you'll be able to see the improvement Wentz has made. The receivers are going to help, but if he's back there running for his life, not even you know the amazing Alshon, the number one receiver, the most dominant in the NFL, can is going to be able to help him. Yeah, I think that's a little bit of an exaggeration. Yeah, I, I was being <laughs> I was being sarcastic for everybody out there that gets on me about the Alshon. Yeah, stuff. I think Alshon's about and not to dive into yeah, that rabbit hole again. I think he's a top yeah. 15 receiver, but right. we'll see how it plays out this year. But, you know, just getting back to the strengths of this team, championship-winning teams are built in four places. Quarterback, secondary, offensive line, defensive line. Mm-hmm. You can kind of move the pieces around. Wide receivers don't typically win championships. Running backs certainly don't win championships in today's NFL. And linebackers are complementary pieces. And if we're projecting out what the Eagles are going to be, not just this season, but two and three and four years down the road, I think we have to give them a lot of credit for what they've been able to build on the defensive line and along the offensive line, providing Lane keeps himself clean and providing they eventually find a replacement for him at right tackle when he moves to left to take the place of Jason Peters. Yeah, and you know, for everything I've criticized with Howie, that is one thing he knows. I mean, the Eagles have spent the most money on their offense and defensive line, and then quarterback they've used obviously a ton of assets right now. They're not paying a ton in cap space, but that's just because he's on his rookie deal. So, all right, we're going to wrap this up. Great interview with Lane. Really happy you got that done and got him. Um, As Matt said at the beginning, you can get us everywhere. I'm not going to do it in that radio voice Matt did, but we got iTunes, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and Spreaker. We read your reviews all the time. We really appreciate them. We're up to four stars now, slowly making that climb. So we're trying to get to five stars. Keep keep giving us those five-star reviews. Some we'll good keep, ones lately. Yep, and we'll keep getting guys on. So, you know, we had Lane. Well, we'll probably have a guy next week. So, Thanks, everyone, that's been listening. And, Matt, thanks for uh, getting lame. Always fun. Talk to you guys soon.